0: Hi guys, welcome to episode one of the Carolina Girl podcast with Grace Poston me hi today we're talking about how did christianity shift into what it is today and i think about this all the time all the time like the christianity that i grew up in how christianity started how so many people believe in this religion and i want to start off with a very very strong disclaimer so i'm going to be reading this word for word for you guys okay when i am stating my opinion it is not fact it is not factual it is simply my opinion it does not apply to your life so if we disagree it's okay it's actually normal if you have educational sources that you would like to share please do i don't want to stop learning i just don't want to start arguing i love to read things i love to research things so if you have educational pieces that you would like for me to read after this episode send them my way and i'll take a look but specific to this episode The church and this religion has hurt me and I just want to get that out there so that before anybody comments that, it's already known it has hurt me. And I do believe that it has hindered my personal healing process. I do know amazing Christians and I have been to amazing churches. Good also comes with bad though and I just want us to all keep that in mind. And as happy as I am for those who have benefited greatly from Christianity, I am just not one of those people. Like I am truly happy that religion does help some folks, but it just did not help me, and that's okay. It's okay. Not everything is for everybody, but again, let me state very clearly, my opinion is not fact and should not dictate your own, and this is not for you to change your opinion. This is simply an open conversation, and if you're not comfortable with listening to things that might talk about Christianity in a negative light, then I would recommend clicking off now. It's no problem. I do not blame you when I was a Christian girlie, I would have hated this episode. So I will catch you on the next one. Let's get into it. One of the things that I have noticed the most is that Christianity is described as hypocritical. Now, this is something that I hear when I was a Christian, when I wasn't a Christian, when I am myself right now. One of the most frequently used words describing a Christian or Christianity as a religion is hypocritical. Okay, so first we're going to be talking about my opinion. So again, this is not fact. This is me rambling on and on and on, on a keyboard, on a computer. I think that Christians are frequently referred to as hypocritical because they want to be the best. Not in a normal jealousy way, but in a quote-unquote holy way. They want to be God's favorite, the preacher's favorite, the Sunday school teacher's favorite. It's understandable though. Everyone typically wants to be the best in whatever they're doing it's like a normal human thing to want to be the best it brings more attention it gets like if it's in school it's high grades it's winning it's all of these good great things i don't think it's a bad thing to want to be the best but that also especially happens like when you're passionate about something you absolutely want to be the best and i feel like religion is something that's typically a passion situation so not surprising but when someone sins, Christians hold it on a tier level of how bad it is. This is again in my opinion. So I know that I'm stating that and I'm not questioning that, but it's simply my opinion. When somebody does something wrong, Christians will hold it on a tier level. The only place I can think of that like this might come from of like Christians holding things on a tier level is because there are specific sins that are pointed out in the Bible and like said word for word. If you do this, you are damned to hell. Or If you do this, God is going to strike you down. You know, like there are specific sins that God kind of brings more attention to throughout the Bible that Christians might place on a higher tier level than other sins that are like, you know, you're not supposed to. God's maybe briefly mentioned it, but it wasn't like naming a consequence for said action. And technically technically, the Bible says only God can dictate the level of wrong done in every sin, and that every single sin in God's eyes is the same, which that in itself, in my opinion, saying that every single sin is the same in God's eyes is icky. It makes me feel icky, because there are very obviously things that are far worse than other things, and I feel like that is just the difference between right and wrong. When someone does a quote-unquote big sin or something out of the Christian norm, it becomes an advantage for other Christians to make themselves feel like they are better. They're holier, smarter, cleaner, better morally, even though most of the time their beliefs are the only thing telling them that, which is what I find so hypocritical and unfair is because a Christian will think that somebody's done something wrong when it's only wrong according to their religion. It's not wrong for other people who don't follow Christianity or don't believe in Christianity. And on top of that, there are things that are wrong between denominations. There are things that are wrong between religions and stuff like that. So I find it so unfair to place people on a moral compass that is your own when everybody has their own. Like, you keep your morals to yourself, and I'll keep mine to myself. And if you, that wasn't a word. Just keep your own morals to yourself. Even though they're viewing themselves as better, people who don't live by Christianity see it as hypocritical. They are not factually better, they are religiously better. And I think that that is such a big thing to understand. It is okay to be better. First of all, it's okay to strive to be the best. But keep in mind that just because you're religiously better does not make you factually better than somebody else. It that is just true. Like I am not a worse person because I cuss. Okay? I'm not a worse person because I don't go by the same modesty standards as the Bible. Just from personal experience, I never cared more what others thought of me than when I was a Christian. I wanted to be the perfect little Jesus girl you ever saw and pointing out others' flaws made it easier for me to do so. Not particularly in a mean way like, ooh, look what she did. More of an night, you have stumbled, sister in Christ. Let me help you. I don't know why I typed it like that. But you have stumbled sister in Christ let me help you it made me feel good to help someone in that way but it also made me look better you know what I mean like if somebody sinned then they needed help in their walk with the Lord and let me tell you girl it made me feel so good to be like oh I didn't do that, but I can help you through your trials and tribulations. And this sounds like in a mean way, and I swear it's not, because it was all with good intentions, but it does just inherently make you feel good. Regardless, I, when I was practicing the Christian faith and I was going to church and things like that I was so much more worried about what I was doing what people thought of me what I was wearing was it modest enough am I praying enough am I reading my bible enough and it was just so much more stressful from day to day life living that way while I was a Christian and now that I'm not I don't care I literally don't care. I feel like the biggest portrayal of hypocrisy in religion is the fact that God gave man free will, and if they don't use it to believe in him, they go to hell. That's wild to me. Even though he didn't leave factual evidence for his creating of the world thing, it seems hypocritical to me to call yourself a merciful and perfect God when you will send people to hell for having questions and not believing. Like, if you wanted people to believe in you, bestie, you should have you should have done something that said, bitch, I was here. I was here. There's no questions about it. You don't have to question it. I was here and this is why. This is how. Let me come down from my heaven that I live in and speak to you and tell you that I was here. You know what I mean? It seems a little hypocritical to call yourself merciful and then set up your religion like that. You know what I mean? Before I get to the research part of this, I do want to say this is kind of a hard topic to Research, quote unquote, because religion is not fact. Religion is a belief, it is a faith. So, to say that I researched it, while it is true that I did look into it, it's just you can't really find facts. You can find people who are Christian giving their opinions or people who are not Christian who are giving their opinions. And typically, if you're someone who's not Christian and you're giving your opinion, you're probably a little mad. You're a little bit mad. You're a little bit like, what are you doing? Because that's me too hey from the research that i did get first we're starting on a reddit page and it's the r slash christian reddit page and this person said it's much easier to pray for forgiveness now and then than to actually change the way you behave. So I really like this take on it. It seems to be believed that they can close their eyes, ask God for forgiveness, and all of a sudden they are without sin. They seem to forget that being forgiven and being without sin are two very different things. And it's easy to understand why people feel this way because as someone who spent time in multiple different denominations of churches there is a lot of christian music and a lot of christian speech that says like god wipes away your sins like when jesus died on the cross you know his blood wiped away your sins it made the lamb white as snow or whatever they used to say and i just think that that is a harmful way of believing I just do and if you don't think that then that's okay if like the worst thing that you're doing is telling a little white lie here and there sure God can wipe your slate clean you got it babes but there are a lot of things that happen in churches that are a little bit Jesus can't wipe that away sorry sorry it just seems like a sketchy a sketchy thing and so many people take advantage of the fact that you can do something wrong and then you can just pray about it, and it's all right. To me, it just seems like a way to make yourself feel better. I mean, I essentially do this when I do something wrong. I just call it forgiving myself. And I feel like this is where a lot of miscommunication between Christians and non-Christians come from, or Christians and, how would I say, that, agnostic or atheist people, or even other religions, is that Christianity has a lot of spiritual verbiage that they use for things that people do in everyday life. They just don't call it the same thing. Like, I feel better after I forgive myself for doing something wrong. It might take a few weeks for me to sit down and be like, okay, you did this, but let's move past it. But the same thing as praying to God. Whenever you're doing these things like praying, God could be real. God could not be real. It's just you and I are choosing two different things, but we're both spending time with ourselves and reflecting, you know? So I I just think that that's a big miscommunication is that like Christians seem to be upset if you don't call it what their spiritual verbiage calls it. Okay, let's move forward. I put, it's not easy to find sources that aren't a church or Christian organization. I added that in there, which it was very true. It was very, very hard. From what I'm gathering, Christians are labeled hypocritical so often because they focus on the wrong things. When non-Christian people call them hypocritical, they're saying this about the oppression from Christians of people who don't function under Christian-specific rules. I'll clap every time I said Christian, but I really do mean this. Christian-specific rules do not apply to everyone, but for Christians, they do. They sure do so things like being in the lgbtq plus community think pro-choice if these things go against christian fundamentals they lose their marbles because they don't want their kids to grow up around that. Which, if you're raising your child in a Christian environment and they choose to not believe that anymore, I just want to sit down with you and tell you everything is going to be okay. You know how many people are LGBTQ plus and they are still religious? They are still Christian? And you have to keep in mind too that the Bible was written a very long time ago and it's been translated a bunch of times. And there were people along the way during these translations who did not like gay people, who did not like women. I just think that it's very hypocritical for Christians to think that they're such good people, that they're doing the Lord's work. Or that their God who is so merciful would hate something as simple as those things. And this is not me saying that all Christians are this way. Let me make this clear. I am not saying that all Christians are this way. Okay, I'm not speaking for all Christians. Like I said at the beginning, I know some great Christian people. I know some Christian people who don't feel this way. But there is a section, a sector, and I'm not saying that all Christians are the same. Okay, let me make that very, 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 very clear. However, whenever someone is backing up their belief and they're saying it's because they're following their Christian values, I'm going to take it as a Christian, you know, a Christian belief. Not that it's everyone's Christian belief, I think that everyone is different, but I just want to make that disclaimer real quick. Now we are going to go to our Google form answers. So I asked, do you believe Christians tend to be hypocritical? And I got 90% yes, 10% no, with nine votes yes, one vote no. So I said, if you answered yes, why? And if you answered no, why? So our first response, they tend to create a hierarchy of sins and deem certain ones worse than others. They also don't believe in freedom of religion and tend to look down on other religions without ever learning about them or the people who follow them. This is a great point that we're going to touch on more later, so I don't want to talk about it too much, but you heard me talk about the hierarchy earlier, and yeah, I just, I liked that response. So, Our next response, some Christians are, but I feel like that's the case with most people in general, and this is what I heard a lot, my boyfriend also said this, is that anyone can be called hypocritical. So let me say my only point in adding the hypocrisy part of this modern conversation or modern Christianity conversation is because it's just what I frequently hear said about Christians and I'm sure that you too have also heard Christians be called hypocritical so yes I am aware that everyone can be called hypocritical everyone can be hypocritical however it is just a stereotype of Christianity that I wanted to look deeper into and kind of see where it came from Another response, yes, because people are imperfect. Christianity is all about how God loves us despite our shortcomings and how in turn we are to love others. People are not going to measure up to a holy God and that's the point. That's why Jesus came and had to die for us. We can't be perfect by ourselves. And then there's a lot of Bible Belt Christians who don't actually know what it means to be a Christian. They just think it means they celebrate Christmas and Easter, go to church on Sunday, and then go on living however they feel they should. They don't actually use scripture as a guide at all. And... Okay, to whoever submitted this, thank you so much for submitting. I am not ripping you apart. Disclaimer not ripping you apart. But is this statement not hypocritical? Like trying to tell another Christian how to be a Christian? What if, based off of their convictions, they only need to go to church on Christmas and Easter? What if every Sunday, instead of going to church, they go out into the woods and they read their bible they gather with their family because maybe they have an elder who can't make it to the church anymore and they watch it on the live stream like you just never know what people are going through or what they're doing in their alone time so i don't know i just find that hypocritical i do understand the first part that you said that christianity is all about how god loves us despite our shortcomings and how in turn we are to love others i love that i that is one of the christian you know values that i think is amazing is to love others as christ loves us us thank you for sharing next everyone can tend to be hypocritical christians are no exception but christians especially are especially criticized for it because we are to be an example of christ and that is also very true however like i said earlier i do find hypocrisy in jesus in god maybe i don't know which one our next entry nobody judges people harder than my very christian family and i love this entry dude i ate this entry up because same 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 I feel that. I feel that. I'm going to leave it at that, but I feel that. Because I do love my family, but I feel that. Next entry. I feel as though the American church loves to judge others in church on Sundays then go out and live exactly like the world. Again, I just feel like that's a hypocritical statement. And maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. If I'm wrong and you have a reason, let me know. But like seriously, why are people taking me asking why the church is hypocritical as a way to look down on other Christians like I feel like I said this in the my opinion section of this is like guys seriously focus on yourself like focus on yourself and that's the thing is you are supposed to be focusing on bettering your relationship with Christ always but it seems like they're always like looking to be better than the others like they're better than the others in some way and I find that very hypocritical What they're preaching is that you should not be doing that. But they are doing it. And I don't understand. So another entry. I think they can be. But on the same token, anyone can. Yes, like I said, I do understand that. But I was just trying to get a more deep look into the Christian side of things. Another one. From what I've seen, the majority of Christians tend to be hypocritical. As the Bible says, all sins are created equal, but when someone does something against Christians' beliefs, they tend to look down and judge them for it. This isn't always the case, but I feel like the majority of the time it is. I love that one because, again, it's talking about how things that are considered a sin in Christianity versus things that aren't bad in the non-Christian world, but Christians still look down on people who don't practice Christianity negatively even though not everyone's a christian i don't know why we have to remind christians of this so often but not everyone follows those rules Oh, last injury. people tend to be hypocritical and christians aren't people who have problems and make mistakes oh read that wrong i was about to laugh so loud people tend to be hypocritical and christians are people who have problems and make mistakes i do agree i'm not saying that you can't be hypocritical i'm not saying that you can't make a mistake Obviously, this is a reason why I feel like Christians feel as though they're being attacked all the time. Is because people are like, okay, well, you sin all the time. And that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying at all. I am simply saying, I'm not saying you can't mess up. I'm just saying, like, why do we have to focus on everybody else messing up? Obviously, it can be talked about, but I'm just saying in Christianity... You're not supposed to. Gossip is a sin, Queen. It's a sin. So that's just kind of why people point this out so much. Is because, in my opinion, Christians like to pick what they want to focus on and pick what they don't want to focus on. And they'll talk bad about this, but they'll keep this quiet. And I find that hypocritical. Now we're moving to our next topic in modern Christianity. Why is Christianity focused on the upper middle class and lower middle class? The middle class in general. In my opinion, based on my time in church, there was a sort of normal setup of the people. I grew up in a family of eight and was one of six children, so you can only assume where we fell in the social lineup of society. We were broke. Before we were a family of eight, my mom was a single mother of four children making money rather tight in our home. The people at churches seemed to pour into us by giving Christmas gifts when they weren't any, taking a tithe for my family at a smaller church, things like that. And not only see this for my family, I've seen it done for many others as well. As nice as it was for these people to do these things, like seriously, I'm not saying that I wasn't thankful. This is just my observation of the situation. As nice as it was for these people to do these things, I genuinely believe it's another construct of the feel-good idea of Christianity. The upper class can feel blessed to give and maybe even feel more Christianly by giving. Again, going back to the holy and the best Christian possible. While the lower class can feel blessed by God. God has always got them. Look what he did. It's a way to strengthen the tie between the church and this person all while giving the glory to god now this is not a bad thing i am not saying that this is a bad part of christianity whatsoever i just think that this is something that the church really strives on and it's something that can be turned manipulative in my opinion really really quickly this is what my research told me Fiber. I have no idea who he is. He was like a scientist or something, but Nybar argued that churches are predominantly middle-class organizations that define membership through dissent. Such denominations focus on instilling a sense of responsibility and self-worth. These denominations emphasize a theology that promises a reversal of fortunes in the afterlife, thus appeal to the lower classes. Warner noted Niebuhr's argument that the religiosity of a redeemer and a savior met the needs of the disinherited, while the belief in a creator and a judge met the needs of the i don't know how to say that word but my uh by the way all of the like websites and stuff that i use will be linked in the description so check that out if you want to but my thoughts on this it makes so much sense when i struggle financially the stress guilt and shame is so different than struggling with other things it weighs so heavy on me personally and although i cannot assume everyone feels the same as me in all things obviously Coming from experience I do believe that this was a learned trait from the society that I grew up in. Again, I am from South Carolina, a very Baptist heavy area. You know, we're right in the Bible Belt, specifically a very Southern Baptist heavy area where Christian art ideals are so normalized that like it's it's ingrained in people who aren't Christian. Like this this world that I live in, this South Carolina that I'm a part of is very morally based in religion even if you don't practice my point is that this idea puts all this into perspective for me while on earth christians are taught that they should not worship false gods including money their focus should be wholly on god and jesus how they can be a better christian donate whatever money you do have to the church tithe missionaries evangelists church camp etc this will all be okay because if you do this you will be so much more rich in heaven the more faithful you are to god the more you give the more blessings you receive in turn in heaven is what you're taught that's what i was taught at least that is from my christian understanding everyone gets their own mansion streets of gold gates of pearl you know the bouge but first of all is it not greedy to only be doing all this good on earth to get the riches at the end of the road if you're only doing this because you're looking for that mansion in heaven is that not a sin So secondly, this belief creates a cushion on any feelings of shame or guilt with money. You're poor? That's okay. You shouldn't worry about that silly thing. Just pray about it. God will take care of you and then you can be rich when you die. I hope you can wait. Let's go over to the Googled form. What social class do you associate with Christianity the most? And this went right along with the research. We have got three votes for upper upper middle class, four votes for lower middle class, And two votes for lower class. So all right there in that upper lower middle class and the lower class, which is exactly what I thought as well. And that's what the research showed. But I did, as I was researching this on that same article that I mentioned up above, it does say how the way they expected back in the day of this Nalber guy. He thought that as time went on, the people who were in church would become more educated and have more wealth, but apparently none of that has changed, at least not at the rapid rate that he thought that it would. We are on to our next topic. Why do they feel such a need for everyone to be a Christian? That is like, if I think of a Christian, I'm thinking of a salesperson and I get icked out every single time I walk into a church and listen to a service because it feels like I'm actually in a sales pitch, like MLM style sales pitch. They just convinced me to come here and now they're trying to sell me on something. I think that there's a real fear there of people they love going to help. This is such a big, like this is genuinely the only reason I feel like people do this. So from my experience of distancing myself from the Southern Baptist faith, I've been approached by some family members and friends and the main consensus seems to come down to fear. It honestly makes me just as sad for them to be taken advantage of through fear mongering as it makes them sad for me to be going to hell based on their belief. Of course, not all of my friends and family have approached me on this. I tend to surround myself with those who respect the idea of everyone's freedom to believe as they choose, and there is no need for confrontational attempts at conversion to their beliefs or vice versa. However, my friends and family have to be getting this feeling of needing their family to believe alongside them from somewhere, and that is the church, of course. Thinking about this without the haze of religion blocking my views reveal that the church wants another 10% in the tithe bowl on Sundays. That's just my opinion. That's just my opinion, by the way. Please don't forget that that's just my opinion. Maybe another volunteer for church camp. Maybe more bodies in the pews to verify what they say at the pulpit. This is obviously not always the case, but if it had nothing to do with it, then Christians would focus less on selling their religion and more on embodying the values and attracting people based solely on that. That is literally my biggest thing is if you are embodying christ then people like you're going to attract people you don't need to beg people to come to the altar every single sunday to pray and get saved you know what i mean like you should not be trying so freaking hard to get people to believe in jesus like queen you do your thing and you will attract the people who want to do that too You get what I'm saying? Anyways, fear mongering is one of the biggest tools that preachers and Sunday school teachers use. I can personally more vividly picture the hell of Christianity than I can the heaven. I had nightmares of a kid of literally burning in hell. When achieving something like bringing a friend to church, you genuinely believe you are helping save them. So not save them in the way that like you're going to the altar and praying and saved by Jesus Christ, but like you genuinely believe that like, oh my God, my friend got saved. They're not going to burn in hell for the rest of eternity anymore. Like, that's really how you feel. And like, if I felt that way, if I thought that I was like saving them from that, then of course I'm going to try to tell every single person to do it. But the only thing you're saving them from is what you believe to be the end of life. Someone should not be brought to Christ just because they're scared of going to hell. Just because you believe that that's how this all ends does not mean that everyone believes that. That is not the f- that You literally cannot prove that when someone dies, they go to heaven or hell. I'm sorry, you guys can show me all this evidence of why Jesus was real, Jesus could have been real, and he still could have made all of this up, let me remind you, he could have been real, and it's so, I mean, you have so many people who have claimed that they've been a prophet of God, are you joking me, but you literally, you cannot prove going to hell and heaven, you can't, Are you, if you're talking about these people who like came close to death or whatever, there's no way to, what I'm saying is you can't prove that, okay, So just because you believe that that's the end of the life, end of life or whatever, does not mean that you get to force that on everybody else. It's just not fair. Now we've got some research on this topic. Not sure how true this is for other Christians. So sorry. This is from the Reddit r slash Ask Singapore page. So they said, not sure how true this is for other Christians, but I did have an in-depth conversation with a Christian friend once asking about this. And she said that since they believe Jesus is our one true God, every other religion is fake, aka created by Satan to be a religion. Straight up called me believing in Buddha, satanic. Bring people away from Jesus. That probably, that's probably why they repeatedly ask you to join them because they just don't believe that Buddhism is real isn't that so 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 disrespectful i just think that's so icky i completely forgot about this but worshiping false gods is a huge sin in the bible there is a story of one of the bible characters going up the mountain to get the 10 commandments from god i think and when he came back down all the people were worshiping a lamb statue that was like made of gold like i guess they found gold and formed it into I don't know. Apparently, it took home wait, a long time to go up the mountains and get the Ten Commandments. The Bible character got so mad that they were doing this that he smashed the Ten Commandments on the ground and had to go back up and get a second copy. The story is most definitely off by some. I have not read this story in a very long time. However, the point is, I remember being taught that worshipping anything other than God was satanic. I mean, anything even a little bit off. And if you just watched it, that could mean that you were worshipping it. Like, you couldn't even Watch it, friends. You literally could do nothing. It was essentially a way of Satan trying to deter you from God. But it is crazy the entitlement that this belief gives Christians. It's like they entirely forget that other people believe different things. And that's literally one of my biggest fucking issues with Christianity. It's like, friends. Guys, please open your ear. Please open your ears. Please open your mind. Not everyone believes in Christianity. Some people don't believe in it just as strongly as they believe as strongly as the Christians believe in the Christianity. Like, are you kidding me? It, just specific- it is just specifically wild to me because if you go against Christians in any way, they freak out. But they will trample all over other religions and belief systems in a half a second. It it, I'm serious, I'm serious, it baffles me, it literally baffles me, because it's like, if someone did that to you, if someone, if somebody of a different religion walked up to a Christian and tried to convert them, the, the Christians freak out, they can't even see Wizards of Waverly Place on the TV without calling it sat- satanic, we're moving on to our next piece of research, religion, oh, this is a quote, from gospelproject.lifeway.com. I'm pretty sure that this is like a blog or somewhere where like multiple religious figures post. Anyways, so this next piece is a quote. Religions not only teach different things about who God is, but also how we reach him. Buddhism suggests the eightfold noble path. Islam, the five pillars. There's an S1 prayer, fasting, charity, pilgrimage. In Christianity, the gospel of Jesus. Therefore, to say that all religions lead to God is not only unenlightened, it is inaccurate. This is a thesis of Stephen Prothero, Boston College professor, professor in his book God is Not One. He writes, It's comforting to pretend that the great religions make up one big happy family, but this sentiment, however well-intentioned, is neither accurate nor ethically responsible. God is not one. Prothero goes on to point out that just as God is not one, so also all religions are not one. They are distinct and make very different claims about God and how to reach Him. In light of what we have observed observed regarding what religious teach about uh, the nature of God and how to reach Him, religious pluralism must be reconsidered. Subscribing to religious pluralism, because it is more enlightened or more educated, view of the world is not only unenlightened but also inaccurate. That was kind of harsh, don't you think? I said, Christianity really seems to be one of the few religions that refuses to accept the fact that other people have genuine beliefs, okay? And those beliefs are not Christianity and that's okay. They won't even accept these religions coexisting. Like, they cannot even accept the fact that these religions are happening at the same time. And I feel like this guy... Prothero, Prothero, whatever the fuck you say. Sorry, that was mean. Sorry, Bestie. Your opinions are valid too, but I'm just saying it doesn't make sense to say that you're unenlightened to recognize that there are other religions. I don't think there's anyone out there believing in seven, the seven most popular religions at one time. I that is not. I really don't think that that's happening. So I don't know what your point. Was or what you, what point you were trying to make, but it's not, it's not making sense. Please keep in mind when I'm speaking about this and addressing these people as Christians, I do not mean all Christians. I'm speaking solely on what the above statement is saying, and I'm sorry that I'm making so many disclaimers, but I feel like this can go south very quickly, very, very quickly, and I hope that this doesn't end up on the wrong side of podcast world, because I don't, I'm not trying to say I'm a Christian hater. I don't hate Christians, but They need to make some room for other people to believe other things. And again, that's not all of them. I'm not saying that you're all the same person. I'm not saying that you all believe the same things. But if there is enough of an issue, if there are enough people subscribing to this much of a harmful belief, then... Hello. Obviously, there's enough for us to talk about it. Anyways, let's move to the next topic. Why is it hypersexualized? Oh my geez. So, we're going to talk about modesty and purity culture in specifics. So, this is my personal belief. I believe that most of modesty and purity culture is focused on women with the intent to maintain. Ad- maintain a level of control for men although i did not have the ability to experience modesty and purity culture as a male i was able to just observe it because i have three brothers girls are asked to cover up and even can be shown examples of things that are okay to wear as christian women and things that are not i personally remember seeing a literal bikini x'd out like the little circle with the slash through it x'd out i remember our camp packing lists when it said what to wear whenever we like went to the river to swim and stuff like that you want to know what i had to wear i'll keep him i was like 13 14 i had to wear a t-shirt and basketball shorts oh 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 Don't want to be tempting the boys. However, men aren't even really spoken to about things they should or shouldn't wear. Why? Why? They literally never even have to worry about it. That's not even a thought in their head. It's not what they can and can't wear. It's what they want to wear and that's it. That's all they have to worry about. It seriously makes no sense to me. Women are given purity rings by their parents. Boys are not. Why? Why is there even such an interest in it though? It just feels icky to me. Like in general, the amount that modesty and purity culture was focused on women is so icky why there is no one more uncomfortable on this topic than christians because there's such a heavy emphasis put on not talking about it that it makes it so awkward that even when you're trying to talk about it in a healthy way it's so uncomfortable it is so awkward it puts so much pressure on it it just it I can't make it compute in my head. Why is an old guy who calls himself a preacher speaking on what 10, 11, 12, 13 year olds should be wearing? Why is that happening? I don't. It's so icky. My opinion is really just that it's all weird. I just really think it's fucking weird, dude. Like real weird. I don't think it's weird. Just a little bit. I think it's weird a lot. I believe it creates such an uncomfortable space that women are too afraid to speak up when things like SA happens. They're quicker to blame themselves for what they were wearing. Even just living in South Carolina, I know I have a more modest style. Not even because I was raised in an independent Southern Baptist church, but because religion is so prominent here that it simply isn't the norm to dress however you want. You can. You absolutely can walk out of the house. You're not going to get arrested for dressing immodestly. But you're going to get, like, if, if you want to dress that way, again, 100%. Okay, I personally, I'm in support of it. But I've been raised in this atmosphere for such a long time that, like, I am, I feel uncomfortable. Like, I personally feel uncomfortable if I'm not dressed. And I don't dress, like, absurdly modest. But I, just looking at my overall style, I do dress pretty modest. And I do think that it has something to do with the area that I've grown up in. But also, if you're living where I live and you walk out of the house a little bit immodest, a lot of bit immodest, you're gonna get some side eyes. You're gonna get some dirty looks from some grandmas. It's gonna happen. I guarantee, I will bet you money it's gonna happen. Apparently, I did not do research on this. There is no research on this, so... Go Grace. But let's go ahead and head over and take a look at our Google Docs. The question was, do you think Christianity places a small, moderate or large focus on modesty? I got two people said that they place a large focus on modesty and eight people said that they post or they place a moderate attention on modesty my next question was do you view purity culture as harmful or helpful 60% of people said harmful and 40% said helpful so based on your answer harmful or helpful explain why you view purity culture in that light this is going to be a fun part of going through and reading these intros so our first is I believe purity is subjective and personal. If you try to impose the same subjective view of modesty on everyone, then you're taking away personal beliefs, boundaries and individuality. One may not feel like they are honoring God while wearing a mini skirt while others do. I love this take on it because the thing about Jesus dying on the cross based on Christian beliefs is that you you have the holy spirit in you and you can feel convicted and you can feel comfortable in things that other people might not feel comfortable in you could choose to wear skirts for the rest of your life you could choose to wear pants for the rest of your life you can choose to never wear shorts you know what i mean you get where i'm going but it's all such a personal thing and it's all supposed to be personal between you and god your preacher should not be telling you what to wear Your Sunday school teacher should not be telling you what to wear. I don't think that that is a safe approach. For our next entry, it can cause the opposite. Girls growing up in purity culture tend to lash out and have a bad relationship with their parents. I do agree with this. So this isn't always the case, but I do agree with a lot of the times if it's heavily forced on someone, it goes one of two ways. One, they're like way too fucking naive, way too naive, and they will get taken advantage of. That's what happened to me. Or the other way, they can. They could feel that pressure for such a long time that they just crack, and they kind of lash out in whatever way they choose to. Maybe they start drinking. Maybe they start partying. Maybe they start cussing. Nobody's here to say how big or small it is that they start lashing out, but that is a possibility. Our next entry, I think purity is important, but I think pushing it on people when there are more important things to focus on does more harm than good. If a Christian is trying to witness to someone, it hardly ever works to start accusing them of things that they don't agree with. Showing kindness and understanding just like Jesus has done and continues to do with us is the best way to communicate your faith no one is interested in a faith where they're going to feel guilty all the time I really like this I actually do really really like this I think that what this person said or is saying of like uh, for me I believe purity culture is good but pushing it on other people is not good and that they shouldn't be in a religion where they feel guilty all the time that is a wonderful take this is a great example of someone focusing on themselves Next entry. Many people don't see it this way anymore, but I can personally say that waiting to be intimate with the one I got married to makes it much more special. I never realized what a gift marriage and staying pure until staying pure to the one you're married is. So I do love this too. I do think that it can be very special to wait until you're married. And I think that it can be very special to say like, I have only had sex with my partner, my husband, my wife, whoever that might be. However... I think that we're kind of missing the point with that one. I think that that's the idea of purity culture with rose-colored glasses on. And as amazing and special as that is, it still should be a freedom of choice. Like, I I am so happy for you that you decided to wait and that you did find it special. I do think that that's a great thing. However the focus here is if it's harmful or helpful and it sounds like you wanted to do that you wanted to wait and again i'm happy for you but that doesn't mean that everyone does i do i do understand what you're saying i do see how it would be very special but for everyone you know like what if they don't want to wait anyways next entry the way they go about it is just not kind so that's exactly what i'm saying about the person before me like absolutely i'm so glad i'm so happy for you but they really don't go about it in a kind way they don't they don't they just don't and if wherever you went to church if your parents went about it in a kind way again that is amazing and maybe that's the way you'll do it with your children and you'll be open and honest where if they don't want to wait till marriage they feel comfortable talking to you about it but typically the way that the church goes about it is not in a kind way next injury: purity culture makes you feel less than and less worthy and gross and disgusting if you have premarital sex Let me say that again for the people in the back. Purity culture makes you feel less than and less worthy and gross and disgusting if you have premarital sex. Yes, it does. It's almost like there is no going back. It is also implanted in me that I was going to get pregnant every single time I had sex. That last little bit is funny, but I did feel the same way. I 100% did. I, like I said, was in a situation where i was taken advantage of i wanted to wait till marriage when i was a freshman in high school and i got with someone who is not a christian and you know just we won't go too too in depth in this however i felt so dirty and disgusting and for what for what for what queen That like, that added so much to the stress that I was already going through with this first relationship that it's like, and now the church has got me feeling like I am nasty. Like I just did the worst sin possible. It's so harmful in my opinion. Next entry. I guess I don't exactly know what purity culture refers to, but I just Googled it, lol. If it's talking about like gender roles and norms, I think for the most part, it's helpful. Based on my beliefs, I follow the Bible for what to do slash instructions on how to live life. I think society is getting too caught up in gender roles and men and women are created for specific purposes. I feel like this is a topic that can be better discussed in person. I definitely agree. And I don't think that gender specific roles are, are harmful if you are only applying them to yourself and that's what you want to do and that's what you want to call them. Does that make sense? So if what you're talking about as far as gender specific roles go are, you know, what you've decided are gender specific roles, then okay, queen, go off. I don't know what your gender specific roles are, but over here in my house, we don't have roles or roles that coincide with if you're a boy or a girl. But if that's what works for you, then I'm happy for you. But I do feel like that is something that would be better discussed in person. Because, I don't know. I don't know. You keep if you're referring to like gender roles as, as they're stated in the Bible. How roles are given gender. Then, okay. I just don't see how that's helpful. I feel like if you raise someone in a gender role, then you are raising them to conform to society's views of what a gender role is. And I feel like that's very harmful. But if that's how you want to live your life, absolutely. But if you're saying that that's what you're going to pass on to like your children and stuff, I do feel like it can be harmful. That's just my opinion. You are not wrong for doing your own thing. That is simply my opinion, okay? And the part about you using the Bible for what to do slash instructions on how to live life, that's what you're supposed to do, queen. Go go get it. Next entry, purity culture is harmful because it instills fear in young children. I think being more open and honest about sex will prevent less teen pregnancies, educate kids on the risk of sex much more, such as STDs, etc. When you shut off the conversation of sex, it will just make a kid more curious. I'm not saying don't suggest them to wait until marriage, but don't instill that fear into them so young. Yes! I love this. I really, really, really love this, actually. Because this is exactly what I'm saying. Waiting till marriage is not a bad thing. However, when you talk about it like it's a bad thing, of course you're going to make everyone involved feel uncomfortable. Of course your kids are never going to trust to talk to you about something. You know what I mean? Like, what are you what are you expecting? Anyways, I love that take on it. It really makes sense. Because I didn't talk to my mom or stepdad or dad about anything. Nothing. Because I was too scared to. All right, next entry. In my personal experience, I tried to stray away from purity when I was younger and ended up in some horrible and traumatizing situations that will always haunt me. Relatively soon after that, I started following Christ. In my case, it has protected me from getting back into those dangerous situations and given me value beyond what a man thinks of me. So I do think that this is another benefit to purity culture. But again, I just think that purity culture has a way to go about it. And a way to not go about it. And I feel like most of the time people go about it in a way that is not good. Because I think purity culture should be a choice based on the person. And I think that it should be called something other than purity. Because I don't think that having sex before marriage makes you impure. You know what I mean? Like I feel like that's a pretty dated title to give it. Like it's a very dated title. You're not impure, you know? And then also like if you go back to church... And you have had sex before marriage, what like what are they gonna say? You're not pure? I don't know. I just think it's such a icky icky description word. I, I do understand what you're saying with this though, and I'm very happy that it's given you a sense of security and that it's helped you stay out of dangerous situations, and that it's given you value. I really, really love that, especially where it says what a man thinks of me. And I think that that's a very healthy way to think about it in comparison to the way that it's thought about most times. I think this is our last final topic. Why do they always feel attacked? So this is my personal opinion. I think that Christians feel attacked all the time because they believe that they are right. They literally believe that they're factually correct. When you believe that there is only one truth and someone opposes that, it feels like an attack. I mean, that could go for anything. I know in my belief and my personal belief system, I am very, very passionate about women's rights. The second I hear someone make a misogynistic joke or say something that reflects internalized misogyny, I'm immediately on the ready because I feel attacked. It's scary to apply this idea to something that requires faith to believe it, though. A religion that cannot factually be proven without a doubt and with evidence for every claim is not a fair ground for stating its fact for every single being on the planet. It's simply not. You can't apply it to everybody. I'm sorry, queen. Christians tend to expect the world to revolve around their beliefs, and it is not fair. It's not. A movie comes out that doesn't follow their beliefs and all hell breaks loose. No pun intended. What if you just didn't watch it? I'm I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And then you start talking about it. Girl, you better be careful. Satan's going to come knocking. You cannot hold people to your own personal beliefs. It leaves no room for someone to set their own boundaries, have their own educated beliefs, and set their own morals. And then what does that create? let's all say it together. A cult. I'm not accusing the Christians of being a cult. I'm just saying if you don't leave space for people to form their own opinions, if you do not encourage people to do their own research. I think they take it as an attack because they believe anything that opposes God's word is a direct attempt for Satan to seep into their life. And I mean, how sad for someone's faith to be that fragile. And I don't mean that in a mean way. And I know that it sounds mean, okay? I know it sounds mean. But I swear I'm not trying. I'm just saying. If you take everything as an attack by Satan, like, girl, you're going to constantly be at war with Satan if he's real. To simply see something in a movie or hear something in a song and see it as an attack when in reality, reality the artist probably didn't even put that much thought into it. I think there's also a problem in seeking Satan out and searching for something to be wrong and reading into every single thing so deeply. Obviously, don't be oblivious to the world around you, but give yourself grace the way your God says He does. I feel a lot of sympathy for people dealing with this mentality because I also used to feel constantly attacked when I identified as a Christian. It's such an anxiety filled headspace and adds so much unnecessary stress to everyday life. It really does. I've been there, done that, been there, felt that. Let's get into my research on this the Christian persecution complex. I did not know that this was a saying. The Christian persecution complex is the belief, attitude, or worldview that Christian values and Christians are being oppressed by social groups and governments in the Western world. Did you hear that? It's only in the Western world. This belief is promoted by certain American Protestant churches and some Christians or Bible-based groups in Europe was from wikipedia i'm so sorry but i've never heard this term before and it's so perfect next source is again from wikipedia i'm so sorry i know wikipedia is not a verified source but guys it's the closest when it comes to like christianity and stuff like this there is no science proving it so according to the new testament scholar candida mas the christian persecution complex appeared during the era of early christianity due to internal christian identity Politics. Moss suggested that the idea of persecution is cardinal to the worldview of Christianity, noting that it creates the impression that Christians are a minority that are facing a war, even when they are numerically superior. Did you hear that? They act as though they are the minority facing war, even when they are the superior. This perception is grounded in the belief that the world is divided into two factions, only two. One led by God and the other by Satan. In this view, there can be no compromise between the two. Literally none. There is no gray area. Okay? And that is so real. The, the stronger, the more passionate the Christian, the less space there is for any middle ground. And even attempting to dialogue or engage with the other is seen as a form of collaboration with it. Medieval historian Paul Cavill argues that the New Testament teaches that persecutions are inherent to Christianity. So this is how I view it. There's no option other than being a Christian or being against a Christian. It's so fucking wild to me. It's so, do you hear me? It's so wild. You are either a Christian or you are A gift sent straight from Satan himself, my friend, wrapped in a fiery package, and you are here. To go against the Christians. That's all you're here for. Let's go back to our Google Doc. So I just asked in general, do you believe there is a larger Christian culture in the South? And it was a 100% yes. But then I asked, if you're a Christian, do you often feel attacked due to your beliefs? 66.7%. So six people said yes. Three people said no. I said, if you answered yes, how do you feel attacked? So, we have our first century. The media promotes anti-Christian views. Lil Nas X and Doja Cat are prime examples of how the media mocks Christians. And I have watched some information on this regarding specifically Lil Nas and Doja Cat. You know, Doja Cat has a song that's like, "Mm, she the devil. You know, the one. And the thing is here, Christian friends, non-Christian friends... Friends who have gathered to speak with me today. You can use something called a simile. Do you know what a simile is? A hyperbole. Do you know what a hyperbole is? I forgot which one it is. I haven't been to school in a very long time. But... All they're doing is using it as an example. They're not literally saying that the girl is a devil. And Lil Nas X is doing this on purpose, okay? When the Christians are mad about something, do you realize how much publicity it gets? It's a very weak yes because it's not so much an attack as it is a wall. I think legalistic teaching methods have damaged a lot of people's relationship with the Christian church. When I tell people that don't consider themselves Christian that I am a Christian, I can instantly feel them putting up their guard. I'm not here to judge you and your choices. Literally nowhere in the Bible does God tell us to be the judges. It actually very specifically says we are not to do that. So while I might disagree with the choice someone has made, that doesn't mean you need to hide that part of yourself from me. Okay, this person's a queen, but queen, listen up. Not everyone is that way. So that might be why people are putting up a wall. Like, If you really want to know why people are putting up a wall, that is why. Because not every Christian is that way. Even some people's own family who are Christians are not that way. So it's hard whenever you have been shown over and over and over again that someone is a Christian, acts this way. It's just going to take a little bit longer for those walls to come down. But they will come down if you continue to be this way. You know, being able to disagree while being friends. You know, if you're able to do that, then people will see that. Another entry. I'm blessed to be born in the Bible Belt, so there's a lot of other Christians around me. Yes, there are people who criticize it, but I would say I feel attacked. I think she meant that she would say that she doesn't feel attacked. Next entry. I still try to live a Christian life, but my family wouldn't approve of half the stuff I agree with. Okay, Queen. That's okay. That is okay. One of the biggest things I've learned after moving out at 17 years old is it really does not matter a single little flying fuck in this world if you and your parents agree. Like I thought that life revolved around it because you live with them for such a long time, but your parents should want the best for you. Your parents should be able to trust you at some point to form your own opinions, and they should give you space to do that. Your parents should be able to recognize that you are not simply a product created by them, but that you are your own person. So you keep doing you. We're not doing anything wrong. It's okay if you are a Christian and you believe differently. That's Okay. Do you realize how many denominations of Christianity that there is? There's so many. So don't you even fret for a second. Next entry. I feel like it's not what's in right now. And there are a ton of stereotypes placed on you if you label yourself as a Christian. So I personally disagree with you. um, Just because this goes back to the research that we were talking about earlier. Christians tend to feel as though they're in the minority. When in reality, they are the superiority. It might feel as though... I think they feel like they're in the minority because there are so many miniature things that Christians will disagree about. And it's like you heard in the beginning of this with the hypocrisy thing. Like Christians are so quick to call other Christians fake Christians or not Christianly enough. I mean almost every single person that I know and I'm being serious is a christian all right next entry i think people are quick to say they have a negative connotation correlation with the church slash church people and often assume christians are hypocritical judgmental slash mean i think anyone can be those things not just christian and that people should be slow to judge another's character absolutely i agree with you if christians would be slower to judge non-christians okay then somebody said i don't identify as christian and then there seems to be another entry but it will not let me swipe down to read it so that's all the entries okay so then i asked all of the people who answered these questions to let me know how they religiously identify if they wanted to none of these questions were required So we've got one agnostic leaning toward atheism. If you do not know what agnostic means, that essentially just means that you are not sure what you believe in. You're not sure yet. We've got six Christians. That was 60% of the respondents. One follower of Christ. So seven people who believe in Christ. I don't want to group you guys in together if you don't feel the same way. One, I do not align with any organized religion but believe in a personal relationship with God and one non-denominational. So we only have one person claiming to be agnostic. So that surprises me with some of the answers that we had. I asked if they were raised in religion and if so, what religion? So we've got non-denominational Christian, Christian, half-Christian. On my mom's side, things were very legalistic and strict. On my dad's side, we weren't religious at all. Yes, Christian, Christianity, trigger warning, unaliving oneself, okay? That's about to be talked about. So skip ahead like 30 seconds. I also wanted to put in here that when I was in middle school, one of my best friends committed suicide in the next service at my papa's church. He preached about how suicide is a sin. He could have just said not, he could have just not said anything about that. I just think it's messed up. I agree with you. Um, this is one thing that I feel very strongly about. For someone to get up on a stage and preach about how suicide is a sin when It happens so often and it's a, it's a thing with mental health. Like it's such a big mental health thing. It's like, don't do that. That's not, it's, there's no, I'm so sorry. There's no rumor on that. That's not okay. And I'm so, so deeply sorry that that happened. Next entry. Yes. Southern Baptist. Next entry. Christianity grew up in a Southern Baptist church. Next one. Yes. Baptist. I went to church as a kid every Sunday, every Wednesday I was baptized and went to vacation Bible school. The next one, Catholic, and the very last injury, technically Baptist, however, I don't think denominations are that important. Thank you to every single person who submitted on my Google Doc. It's so helpful. I love to gauge everyone's opinions on these things. I truly hope I haven't offended anyone, and if you have any questions um, or need me to go more in depth on anything, just send me a DM over on Instagram. It's at Podcasts and that's also what I am on TikTok so go ahead and follow me and YouTube wow okay we are Carolina Girl Podcast on all platforms so go ahead and head over there and shoot me a DM and we could talk about it more keep an eye out for more Google Doc Google Form questionnaires if you want to be featured in a video this is fully anonymous I can't even see what you said thank you guys so much for listening in I can't wait to see you on the next one and have the best day ever goodbye